1: Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more.
2: That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. And there's the ashes. England as well as the ball crashes to the boundary. It's not just the game. It's a it game. It. It's the ultimate test of metal. And of spirit. And of spirit. Just seen. It's not just passion. Oh, it's believing that nothing matters more. What a blind oh. It's not just winning. Oh, catch. It's a courage that never knows when it's beaten. It's not just the first morning. It's every game. Yes. Every session. He's done it. Every ball. Perfect delivery. It's not just a team. The extraordinary. It's our nation, unified by a pride of three lions, and a crown. Oh, Stephen Hermeson! And he's got it there it is! A brilliant moment for the nation to save up. Oh, he's dropped it! Oh, no, he's got it! England
1: he's, he's, he's having an absolutely fabulous series, as Alistair What a good start for
2: England. It's not just cricket. There is unbearable tension everywhere. It's the Ashes.
3: Hello and welcome to the final Crick Index Ashes podcast. This evening we'll review the final test match between England and the old enemy at the Oval. And as difficult as it may be, we'll try to put this series into some sort of context. We'll also have a bit of fun and try to pick our Ashes 11. Dan Rhodes, let's come to you first. With the Ashes all sewn up, was it just that England couldn't get up for this final test match? Or is that a disservice to Australia's determined performance? With a massive victory margin of an innings and forty-six runs,
0: what did you make of it? Um, well, what I saw of it, I would I would say uh, it just kind of highlighted issues that have been present throughout the series, really, and that have been masked by excellent bowling spells. Um, and both teams have struggled to bat when the pressure's on. So you know, it didn't it didn't tell us much new, but it told, it kind of confirmed some things that we already knew, um, kind of with lies um bells
1: struggling and we've not got a spinner I, I absolutely agree with what dan said there i think it i don't think it revealed anything new it, it just sort of kind of confirmed a lot of what was expected what i'm oh sorry suspected um i think that um it, it's it's probably a good wake up call um for the for the team um if the series had ended after Trent Bridge I think um, a lot of England fans might have been going to the UAE thinking, "Right, we're going to win this three 0 We're absolutely brilliant," isn't no, You know, but um, I think that this, that this team uh, is right at the start, trying to be too not, not to be too cliched, but it's right at the start of its journey, and um, it's very raw and it's still got a lot of holes and a lot of flaws that need ironing out. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I think it was good. I mean, I think the Aussies thoroughly deserve to win. Um, it might have been a different story if England had decided to bat first, as they should have done, but. Um, I mean, ball batting, bowling first at the Oval. I mean,
3: what did you make of that, Dan? Did I? I felt just oh. because Australia were batting wise were on their knees. Um, Cook thought, you know what, let's just let's just put them in.
1: But It's the Oval. It's the Oval, man. It's the best bat. Historically, it's the best batting pitch in England. You know, and more draws than any other ground. And you know, it's just oh, I don't know. I mean, Austria I know, I know, I know, bad. I know the, the Australians had a couple of dodgy tests and. You know that it was overcast and it was a bit of a covering of grass, but it's still, you know, the oval.
0: <laughs> Apparently, Clark would have bowled as well, but when they asked, yeah, Alex, they asked Alex Stewart and he said it should have batted.
1: Well, yeah, Stewie would know, wouldn't he? Exactly. You know, you know, you know. If he if he doesn't know the oval, then yeah. So yeah, you, you always bat first. If you win the toss, you bat. Um, yeah, but hey ho,
3: <laughs> Alex. Uh, we have an Australian amongst us, so uh, Alex, let's bring you in. Uh, Pleased, I take it, that a consolation victory at the end, but uh, an emphatic victory at that?
4: Yeah, pleased more at the emphaticness of the actual victory than of anything else, because I think we needed something to remind us that it wasn't all doom and gloom, especially after Treadbridge, when we're thinking, uh, is Steve Smith the right choice for captain? Is Warner going to deteriorate now that Rogers has got, uh, now that Rogers is retired, obviously? It was good to kind of be reminded of the fact that this side is still quite a, a young and good side, but there are serious issues that need to be ironed out. Uh, with the toss, I do think it was a mistake to send the Aussies in straight away, especially knowing that it was Pubs' last test. There were certain players that were always bound to get up for him, and I think, I think batting sending in someone to bat the oval without without having the confidence knowing that you can really get the first three wickets quickly it was a bit of a mistake. But again, I think, yeah, Dan's right. Dan Rhodes is right when he said, look, they they punished as a tread bridge and you you really wanted to go in for the kill, prove a point, and then spend a good day or two in the first innings being able to consolidate a good score. That didn't happen, obviously, and it was good, again, to get up for Pup because I think his career – while it's been tainted by this Ashes series, which was deemed over here as the unlos unlosable Ashes series, it it was still a phenomenal career nonetheless, and it was good to go out on a high for him, especially in such an emphatic fashion.
3: Yeah, completely. Uh, and then to reply after sending the Australians in to reply with 149 all out, um, England kind of rolled over and, and and asked the Aussies to tickle the bellies a bit there. Uh, I felt uh, Rhodes. What did you make of uh, England's collapse there? Oh, the wow. obligatory collapse, let's say. You know, one team has to collapse, <laughs> don't they? Just to just to keep the the pattern going in this one. Just to make sure the one team completely dominates the other team, no matter what test match we're in.
0: <laughs> I, I watched the highlights, and they didn't last very long. So <laughs> <laughs> um, it was pretty grim. There were about eight terrible shots, weren't there? Um, it there was there was nothing redeeming about that innings. <laughs> I've got a, word, a good word to say about the, it.
1: The, the, this that that innings, it it was pretty pathetic, to be honest. I thought the way we approached that, um, and again, it's a bit of a recurring theme. Some of the conversations we've had on this pod, um, that um, it's this it's this very very um, attacking, ultra attacking mindset that the players get into, and 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 I think that there's there's absolutely well, I, I can't see, I can I can see very little evidence that this 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 super attacking and aggressive uh mindset it it, it it has got any benefits because you know i mean cook got a good ball um and 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 bell got a good ball but the shots played by Lyth, uh stokes and uh bester were just horrendous they they were, were schoolboy shots bell butler
0: well, no, well, Bell. No, Bell got a
1: good for, ball, didn't he?
0: Uh, getting balled through the gate there. Uh, some
1: of them were just like yeah. Like, oh, butless, but, 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 drive. Yeah, but there was there was three players caught on the hook. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's just it's just unforgivable, really. Uh, I mean, if you if, if if you can't play the hook, then the last thing you should be doing is doing okay. some kind of airy waft at a fa- at a quick bowler like live,
3: Jonathan. live especially. I was a bit disappointed with his choice oh. of shot. The way he, it was, it's that, that kind of thing that Warner does, but. At least Warner does it when he's an eighty or eighty five or whatever.
1: Oh, and he just spoon he spooned it up dismally Spoon's to it, me yeah, on.
3: Siddle
0: though, Siddle, we picked Siddle to play in the first
3: place. Siddle Rhodes, you've been <laughs> you've been saying since the preview podcast, Rhodes, <laughs> that Siddle, where is he? Yeah. And finally Siddle comes in with magnificent figures. Exactly <laughs> what they needed. <laughs> Alex should, yeah, let's let's bring Alex in. Uh, should Siddle have played with, with Harris being out should, you know, Siddle's the guy to give you guys control, wasn't he? But but you went with Hazelwood. Yeah, you're spot on in terms of the
4: word control because that's what P.D. Siddle brings. And that with Harris, the the, the idea was Hazelwood would be would be trying to push Harris back into this side, and Siddle would be kind of like the reserve if he was needed. That was going in because Hazelwood was being brought in as the prodigious new Ryan Harris, and Harris's injury kind of. I'm not sure how well they actually coped for it, really, because. That, that came out of the blue. He was always being prepared for at least the second test comeback. And he was our most important bowler on ours because Mitchell Johnson's historically known to only play in Australia and have real trouble, especially on the subcontinent. But he he you didn't expect him to not have the effect that it, it did. Uh, but especially in the last test, there is the resounding call that Peter Cedar would have changed the test series and the, the one thing I will say is when Joe Root was dropped in the first test, when Hannah dropped him, we needed Peter Siddle to come in when Joe Root got to 30 and looked really, really dangerous because he would have controlled him. Like in the last test, he bowled something like he was four mains before he got his, his first breakthrough, four mains in a row. So And that's exactly the type of control that you need when you're looking at someone who's just, had or had their second chance and was about to take it and again changed the face of the series, but we lacked that control. Hazelwood's still too roar, I reckon.
1: Yeah, Siddle's match figures are uh, thirty-eight overs, seventeen maidens, six for sixty-seven. Yeah, and that tells the whole, it's amazing. The whole amazing. story. amazing. How his economy rate? Was is. One point eight. Yeah, the way he just blocked up an end. It's, it's, it, I just think that he, you know, he's a better bowler than he is in England than he is in Australia. Uh, he, he, he's the most English-like of the Australian bowlers. Uh, even with uh, Harris being fit, I would have still I would have gone with Harris and Siddle. Uh, he, he's not the glamorous choice, though. That's the thing. I can understand why people want more pace, more swing, whatever, or more perceived swing. But Siddle is the man to play in English in, in, on English seamers. I, I just I just cannot. I think I think the whole series could have had a significantly different complexion if if Siddle had played all five matches.
4: I yeah, he's think. spot on. And also the the Mitchell Stark thing as well was the big factor that he's been he's been groomed as our new test paceman ever since the one day series after the the five nil. I mean even in that five nil it was more about Mitchell Johnson, but Stark has now been hailed as this new basically the new Mitchell Johnson. And that kind of cost us because we could have very much dropped Stark after two tests and try and tinkered with the bowling lineup, but we didn't.
3: It's it's almost that, uh, just going into the the uh, Australian bowling unit. I felt that, that the Australians made themselves that we can't drop Johnson, we can't drop Stark, and because you can't drop you can't drop Hazelwood because we've, we've bigged him up as the next McGrath, and they almost uh, messed it up for themselves because uh, having two left arm quicks and. Johnson can be expensive uh, Stark can be expensive they can't keep it contained and that was the thing you know you'd have two or three balls and then something would go down the leg side and then it would you know the 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 build up of pressure that McGrath could do because McGrath wasn't ultra pace or anything he just put it in the same spot over and over again that ball bo- that's kind of boring style and i think what my point was supposed to be is that nowadays the the good old fashioned boring bowling test match bowling isn't considered sexy the good old-fashioned, grinded-out, Alistair Cook style of batting isn't considered sexy because everybody wants to have the macho bravado sort of thing. So the sexy picks are Stark, Johnson, and and then it, 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 the Australians got unstuck because they wanted to go for that flair play where really they needed somebody to just home in the – You need like in football, you need somebody to pass it sideways.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing was, was before the match uh... – the, uh, the Aussie, the Aussie media were, were big enough. Pat Cummins, weren't they? Instead of um, instead of um, uh, Siddle to come in to come in for Hazelwood, and so even then he wasn't really even being considered.
4: Yeah, he did fly under the radar. Especially There was the whole the whole question was who do we put our faith in Stark or Cummins? It's been it's been the consistent argument for a few series now. Even James sent to the fray too. We still do have that young volley attack, but if you think about it, Stark is. Stark for the entire series didn't have one game, like over two innings, where you can say, okay, he was outstanding, just as a pace bowler. Not necessarily taking wickets, not necessarily t- making maidens, just as a pace bowler who can, at the right moments, control innings. At the right moment, at the right moments, come up as a strike bowler and as an all around bowler, can helped in a partnership just deter England. There was not one. <laughs> Complete two innings game where Stark ever looked like that was his game, like like Mitchell Johnson did back in Australia. That where you'd say, okay, Johnson's man of the match. Even then, we needed someone who just have one innings to put England like and had twelve runs in like twelve overs in a in a spell six overs each bowler each side to just put on the pressure and heap the pressure. There was too much wide balls, too many four ball absolute killers. And then the fifth is so loose that they hit a four or they get a lucky edge. And then the whole, the whole over is ruined. The biggest problem I think with the selectors, just going back to your point, I mean, the way the selectors structured it, it was the coming to age, supposedly of this young bowling attack Mitchell Johnson would be leading the line he'd bring his talents to England where which he dominated in Australia in the five 0 and he'd just help Mitchell Stark through but that's the thing when you don't have Mitchell Johnson firing then he's expensive. Mitchell Stark's not the type of bowler who's gonna hold up a bowling partnership because he needs someone at the other end who's either taking wickets so he can keep the momentum or who's controlling it so he can look for the cutting-edge ball. And do, you think then, the,
3: do you think the selectors were a bit um, gung-ho with the selections, you know, going for this kind of bowling attack, because they were complacent? Do you reckon, in general, the Australians came into this? You know how you said before it was the, um, the unlosable series? You know, it's in the bag anyway. All we've got to do is turn up. Was there a bit of complacency then, do you reckon? Yeah,
4: undoubtedly, and especially in the selectors, because they refuse to be proactive. That's the biggest thing that, especially over here in the Australian press, that they get being killed for is they there were a few changes that the experts in the paper made that, okay, yeah, fine, they're right in words, but there were fairly obvious changes, especially after the first test where you're kind of thinking, right, how long has Clark got left? How well does that batting lineup play out without someone to just literally sit there and hold play up like an Alistair cook and how well the biggest thing was how well does this bowling lineup gel like because having Stark and Johnson who are effectively two very similar bowlers without you you talked about Glenn McGrath before as being the perfect controller and that's exactly what we need when you've got a bowling lineup that is as expensive and inconsistent overseas as our bowling lineup is it's it's a problem that should have been amended especially after Trent bridge should have been amended should have been wholesale changes to be fair the last test when it was all wrapped up showed that we can make we had the potential to make those changes but it was too little too
3: late uh yeah, Rhodes, yeah uh conversely uh, england had a, a really good seam attack <clears throat> and not necessarily one bowler dominated too much but um each bowler had it so that they had a test match each, if you like. You know, Trent Bridges or Stuart Broad, Edgbaston, Anderson killed it. So Stephen Finn had a spell. So they all had a match-winning spell. Um, the stats will always say that the Australians took more wickets. But even though Stark may have taken all these wickets and things, it, it just didn't transpire into that match-winning spell that, that Alex was alluding to. Um, so you reckon the selectors got it pretty bang on then with the bowlers, uh, Rhodesy? No, for, the, for the English? For the, yeah, I think it's hard to argue.
0: Um, with any of the bowling selections, it was kind of one in, one out when Anderson got injured. Um, Wood but, came yeah. in and performed. I think uh, it's the economy rates for the Australians. Like you've just been saying there, Stark took wickets but went for nearly four and over. Um, Hazelwood, surprisingly, out of the Aussies, who took 10 wickets, was had, the, had one of the better economy rates and the better averages, so maybe we've been a little bit harsh on him. Um, and Johnson was the worst. Johnson 35, you know, every wicket went for 35 and at uh, 3.7. Um, whereas the Aussie, uh, whereas the English attack, like you say, are all pretty consistent, all managed, you know, there were six bowlers who took 10 wickets and they were all, the, the main strike bowlers, Anderson, Finn and Broad were, were underneath, underneath 28. Um, so, yeah, England's, there's no, no absolutely no complaints. I think the English bowling attack won the ashes rather and um, and Joe Root rather than uh, batsmen think, or the buying lineup.
1: I think I think you give I think you give Hazelwood a little bit too much credit there because he, 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 his economy rate for the series was three point seven, um, and as you said, all the other all the other bowlers were closer to four than they were to to three. Um, and and Sidle was the only one who came in and played that one match and, and and really tied up an end. And I and I agree absolutely agree with what Alex was saying because the the guy who was going to block up an end and keep it tight was was Harris, uh, and and Harris would have been the foil for for Johnson and for Stark. Now there's no question that Stark's got wicket taking abilities. He can bowl extremely quickly and he can swing the ball. And, he, and I agree he, I, I agree he's a bit raw and he he still gives serves up quite a few four balls. But if you had Somebody you could block but then either a really good spinner, um, which neither side had, or Siddle type character going at less than two and over at the other end. Start makes perfect sense, but Hazelwood maybe he was the guy who was brought in to do that. But he, and, and 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 to be honest, he had one good game I thought at uh, uh, Lords, um, and but apart from that, I thought I don't I don't think he, I don't think he was up to the job. I don't think he performed that well. I think, and
2: that's
0: because, a good point because, because young, oh, sorry, he's, 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 sorry, it's age age. Dan, that I, I'm giving him some um, some leeway in terms of because I was listening to another uh, podcast another cricket podcast and there was an Aussie on there saying the thing was Hazelwood he was really struggling to control how much it was swinging and moving and it he'd, he'd go with his first couple of balls and, and pitch them and they'd move miles and then it'd be drifting onto Cook's pads or something like that and he could, he was really struggling to control the amount of movement, movement with the Duke but I think he's got the skills and if you had Hazelwood and Siddle as your controllers and then Stark and Johnson all all iron, depending on on your pitch, as your wicket taking. I think they'd have a nice balance. It was because they only had all the pressure was on Hazelwood to do the controlling, and and that was too much for him.
4: Yeah, that's uh, basically absolutely spot on because their balance was completely out of whack. Usually, even with Harris, because he can bowl a the spell. And Johnson, you usually had more overs in Harris to be able to bring to bleed in one of Stark or Hazelwood. Even if Hazelwood played with Harris, and we played four pacemen, the biggest problem with Hazelwood that I found in this series was he wasn't when he when he did apply pressure. There was no end result. There was no he either like forced the pressure and his partner took the wicket, or he like pushed and pushed and pushed, and after five incredibly good balls just on the spot McGraw like went in for that sixth and went in for the kill. I, there was no killer instinct there for Hazelwood. He has got such immense talent, but until, as Rosie said, he controls his swing and I think most importantly controls the way he constructs a partnership with his opposite end, then you're going to see more of what we want in a controlling bowler and less of kind of this hybrid that, that either – because he did bowl a fair bit with Lyon too, and that's when he tried to become a strike bowler, and that's when he, you could tell that he was a bit out of his depth. He needed to play a role and then just come in with a few wickets here and there, which is what he did uh, pretty well at when he did get a chance in uh, New Zealand or against New Zealand or South Africa in the one days. He did play very well in the World Cup, and again, even in the 50-over limited, limited game. He would play a role. Stark would be the impact, the impact player, and he would just pop it on the spot for at least four balls. Where you're thinking Hazelwood is really suffocating him here, and that's that's the trademark of a good control bowler. And exactly that's exactly what we were lacking, which is the biggest problem.
3: Yeah. So um, uh, Kenneth, let's uh, try to put this series in some sort of context. I mean, um, from my point of view, with you know 18 days of Test cricket only played you know each each game being completely dominated by one team it's not a classic it may have been a, a lot of drama and a lot of moving and hiring and if you're english you're liking it because it, it's a victory um but it wasn't that i prefer to see the you know the really edge of the seat close test matches that that you get that really makes it a, a spectacle uh uh, more of a traditionalist sort of thing dan i know uh, kenny i know you're a traditionalist as well (laughs) (laughs) you know you you like the but there's no this is you know it's it's not test test cricket is it it's not a test test cricket
1: cricket is a five-day game okay it's a five-day test of endurance and willpower stamina as much as skill and um this this series was it was if you if trying to contextualize this series uh, it, it the shortest ashes' five day ashes series in history so that tells you something about what what this series was like um i've never seen a five game sequence of such a disparity of results and and, and one sided nature of matches and and uh, incidentally i mean england's record in tests in two thousand fifteen is um it's play five, lost four. Uh, sorry, one five, lost four, including uh, you know uh, two matches against the Windies and New Zealand. And it's it's a pretty erratic it's a pretty erratic set of results. But in terms of this series, um, I think it was high on excitement, uh, but it was not high on quality. Um, I don't think. I think the I think the English bowlers, if we try to put this in context compared to previous series, I think the English England bowlers bowled reasonably well. You know, I might give them like a seven out of ten for for the series, but I think the Australians lost this series rather than England won it. Uh, and I think you know, for for overall for the series, I'd probably give the Aussie batters about three out of ten as a unit. Um, and they, they, you know, if they if they'd have shown more application and more uh, uh, fight for for English conditions and shown you know to adapt their games, and um, I think England bowled okay, and I think they had some good spells, but you know normally, you would expect even even against bowling like that it wasn't blowing them away bowling um they they could have still racked up some some decent scores so i i think I think Australia played really well in the two games in london where where the pitches were the flattest um and there's no really not really a surprise there um, England's batting overall was pretty average um maybe you only me a five out of ten because we didn't really get in those four hundred plus scores. Um, and only one batsman got over 300 runs, I think. Only one or three. One batsman got over 330 runs. So it's hardly a vintage series with the bats. Um So yeah, it, high on excitement, low on
3: quality would be my my summary. I think. Uh, Rhodes, how do you sum up the series? I know um, you're quite a big fan of this new Trevor Bayliss bravado style.
0: Yeah, I'd say it was in terms of in terms of quality of matches to watch, um, the worst actual series. In terms of an England victory, I've I've seen, and I haven't seen that many of them, so I'm just going to take them. You know, the, the positives are that everybody said Australia was going to win. Nobody expected England to win. Uh, and they've managed to do it. And I think seven out of ten is a little bit harsh. I'll probably go eight, eight and a half for the bowling. I think they've stuck to the plans well. Um, I think the, the, the plans have worked. Um, especially with Steve Smith on some of the moving wickets. Um, but the, the batting lineup has been, has been pretty poor. Um, talking about the Australians not adapting to English conditions either. I don't think, um, I think there's four or five English batsmen who haven't either. Uh, who've just kind of carried on in the, in the one day mode. And I, I I like the intent and I'd rather that intent than when they go into the shells, like I've seen so many English batsmen do over the years and just get out for six off four but it's the balance. It's knowing when to attack. It's 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 playing off the new ball and then waiting for the bowlers to tire. It's that kind of intent at the right time, knowing when to do it. Um, like Joe Root seems to be able to do. He seems to read the situation, and that's his biggest skill. And um, so a lot of the batsmen have to take the lessons on this and hopefully the Australian batsmen won't take any lessons from this and we'll come to hope it.
3: Yeah, you know <laughs> and and that. we, have to, agree, like we have to agree disagree with you there.
2: Um,
3: Alex, what did you make of... Um, I mean, see, from my point of view, and I reckon most people in England would say that the pitches were, were fine. You know, uh, Trent Bridge and Edgbaston were very English wickets, uh, and then you had a couple of flat ones thrown in. Cardiff was a bit too paced, but it was, you know, so all in all, I think there's... Five Lords is probably the worst Test match wicket, I think. I think otherwise we've got, you know, four really good Test match wickets there. So, um, is the Australian view that Edgbaston and uh, Trent Bridge were were not were poor quality wickets? That's why the games lasted so, they didn't last long enough, or, or is it just people hold their hand up and say, look, we, did, we just couldn't cope with the moving ball?
4: Definitely, that's the excuse that a lot of people are going with. But here's like, here's my take on it. Treadbridge was just an example of the most unprepared, poor batting strategy you're likely to see under pressure when the batting strategy uh, is flawed because the bowling is that good. There was no, literally no plan B, which is disastrous because Clark should have had Steve Smith or at the very least himself go out there and just say, what did Joe Root do when England were three down early in the, Early in the first test, and how did he steady the ship and basically play the wicket as it should be played, not as you want your batting team to go out as if it's an Australian deck in the fourth match when you're already up 2-1. Uh, it was a very unprepared, very unprofessional, just innings, just entirely. The way they let Stuart Broad just walk through them and they didn't, they weren't leaving the ball as consistently as you need to do when you're five down for 50. It's unbelievable to see how how much the 2020 mindset has been pervaded in this series. And I mean, there'll be calls to say, well, it's making the game exciting. But I think I agree with um, Dan there, even from an Australian perspective. I mean, it wasn't exciting at all to say the very least. It wasn't something that uh, we could draw much joy from until – the last test but as a series to watch it was one of the worst we've seen in a, in a while because it was just so there was so many collapses i've never seen so many collapses in my life whether that had to do with decks again that's the excuse but edge baston i think the australian team especially and certainly we weren't expecting the, the kind of movement and the kind of deck that we got but again lack of preparation can do that to you and you, you really going to be prepared for anything it's it's a it's a factor, but you can't just say, well, on an on, on Australian term, Australia would have had this 5-0 again. Because that's that's cricket. you could, you got to have to prepare for what you're playing. You're not going to just be able to bring out the same team anywhere in the world and expect the same result. That's insane.
3: That's like saying, uh, we'd win if we had Suarez. Yeah, exactly. If we had two Suarezes, would we leave so, win <laughs> all? There was quite,
1: a, there was quite, a, there was quite a gap in between the fourth and fifth test, wasn't there? It was about ten days, I think. And yeah. it was clear. It was clear that even in that period, the the coaching staff at that time, the Aussie coaching staff, backroom staff, had had time yeah. to look at the series and the the, the the approach of the team on that first morning at the, the Oval was completely different to what we'd seen before in the series. So it showed you, even in there, they have a little bit of time to reflect, and they can change, because they, they, do you remember that I think it was I think it was fifteen overs before the first boundary was hit, and um, but Broad and Woods bowled pretty well on that first morning, and it was in, and it was in reasonably helpful conditions, and the amount of leaves that Rogers and Warner as well did, it, it, it showed you that with a bit of in coaching, a bit of analysis, and a bit of instruction, they could change. But for whatever reason, when the, when the series was still alive. That this 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 um, somebody in the backroom staff or or Lehman, I don't know, you know, hadn't taken the time to to try and get this through to the players that you know we, we can't continue with this and they, and the penny didn't drop until it was too late. That's a really
3: good point, yeah, uh, Danny, make there because David Warner ended his innings of eighty five off one hundred and thirty one balls, which is a, a, a strike rate of sixty four point nine, and that's after such a slow start. So. You know, as long as you you take the shine off the ball, all the traditional stuff that people are brought up on, um, it shows that somebody of his natural instinct can still up the up the rate when he's in. So just get in and then you can do what you want later. Um, Alex, you were gonna come in?
4: Uh yeah, I think Rogers is a very pivotal point of that and it, they did take a while to gel, but Rogers Warner actually became one of one of the best uh batting partnerships, not just in the side, but of recent in the recent kind of span of 6 to 10 years when we were still recovering from the losses of Gilchrist, Hayden, Langer at the top of the order. Um, there was a, a distinct change in their style as well. They didn't push as hard for that 1-4 every over, and there were very telling statistics that the first boundary came was it after 16 overs or 12 overs. And that's the one thing that we are really going to miss now is Chris Rogers' influence on Davy Warner at this st- cuz he's he's really come along well with Davey Warner is he's, he's one of my favorite batsmen to watch now because he does hybridize this style of kind of his, his original roots in one day cricket and and fast hitting 2020 but also he's he's really adapted to his test style really nicely the problem does come though when he does lose his head he tends to lose his head in an extreme fashion there's no half lengths with him uh, but the oh, the search for the new opener, obviously with Rogers retiring now, is going to very much decide how well this opening four five batsmen in the future, especially against New Zealand and in the Australian summer, uh definitely play after this series and whether the coaching that went on before the fifth test can be implemented as a whole and as on a consistent basis to kind of get our heads checked because there is definitely a. A few batsmen who need their heads checked.
1: You, you uh, know what? It, 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 it makes me think, Alex, that maybe, maybe the team the, the, these these generation of Aussies aren't maybe uh, as as good as the ones of the past because they, they they the ones the guys in the past would 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 think on the spot for themselves and know when to change and when to um, change their style and, and 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 when to attack and when to defend and when to dig in, and it just didn't seem that the players this time were when it was happening were capable of, and I, and, I, and, I, and I include the English players in this as well for the collapses we've been on. The, they don't, the players don't seem to be able to think for themselves and know when to moderate their game and change their game.
4: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It's again, as a comparison, there's going to be very few Australian sides in the future who can quite match that, that early side of at the, at the early to mid two thousands. But Again, you're looking for the control of someone like Matty Hayden to be able to dictate innings. Or, and that's the other thing that even Pup in his early stages had this as well. But pointing used to be able to come in, steady a ship, especially when he'd come in like even after 10 or 15 overs if Langer or Hayden had been dismissed even cheaply. Um, he'd be able to come in and basically say, right, we're going to stay in for as long as we need to until the bowlers know that they are now the ones under pressure the early we could count it for nothing and that we are now the ones in third control this match there's nobody in well, I'm, nobody really in either side apart from Cook who can steady the ship to that effect and who can stop a collapse what we saw in this series was a bunch of collapses that once they started just kept rolling on and rolling on because there was no experience there to be able to think as you said Kenneth, to be able to think for themselves and say, right, we need to stop the ship. We need to leave. It doesn't matter if we leave all six balls, leave at least three or four. Rather than this thing if we gotta play our way out of it because that's how we've been coached. We gotta still up the run rate, otherwise we're gonna get dug in. Um there's there's a very potent factor there to say that there was not enough coaching to be able to think for themselves, but there is as we saw in the fifth test, the coaching was there, ultimately it's just the proactiveness of the batsman to be able to identify the situation of, okay, this is going to be, become a collapse. We need to steady the ship and the failure to actually act on that.
3: Rosie, what, what, what do you think about the opening partnerships that we we're talking about now? I mean, uh, Rogers and Warner, was it three or four times, I think, they got a century partnership in this series? Um, consistently, I think they average well uh, over 50 overall anyway, don't they? So it's, it's – a it's a good partnership. Rogers, player of the series for the Australians, um, had so many consecutive fifties. We, we were talking about a while back as well. So they do have the resources. You know, they had the the opening stances, and then it's just the the middle order just couldn't back it up a lot of the time.
0: Exactly that. The probably well Barone and Smith, the top three. That was that was that was the key to the oval. If we'd have gotten three down earlier, you'd have fancied England to. Bowler more 350 150 in the first innings, and that's the point when Rod, Rogers and Warner were that good. You knew once you got through their man's play, you 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 into the week underbelly. It's a shame that Rogers has decided to retire, and I just wondered what Alex's view is on who's gonna who's gonna replace him long term with Warner because I think they've got a Joe Marsh. balance. Yeah, Joe <laughs> Marsh. Into- no, it's uh, going to be going to be Marsh, isn't it? It's yeah. going to be Marsh. Don't
4: it? tempt me. Uh, it, okay, so there's a few. So there's Kawaja who could come in, but he's traditionally number three. Steve Smith's come out and said he wants to bat at number four now to to take up the mantle of Clark because he says he's in control and innings like that. Um, then there's also Alex Dolan who came in for a couple of tests. I can't remember if that was actually the Ashes series or if the South Africa no, series. He
1: hasn't, no, he hasn't played against England. No,
4: nah, yeah, so it must have been the South Africa series. He came in for two tests, did really well, got out twice really unluckily. Uh, I think he, his top score was 70-odd, uh, and then he made a couple of 30s. And then he was dropped really, really harshly because, oh, who came back into the team? But then, I um, and, and it's the same thing with uh, middle order crumbled, obviously, but Adam Vo just won't, I don't think he'll get another game. Despite his performances, he's just a bit too old, and he was too suited to the English deck to to not score runs as, as well as he did. Uh, but the opening, that's going to be the absolute critical point of the entire thing is, how do we get the best out of warner? I don't think they'll be looking at because historically it's not in case of well we need a really good batsman. it's a case of how do we get those 100 run partnerships back because they were historically the found the founding basis of our terrific innings was when we we got to 100 for none and the bowling side was under a fair amount of pressure um so I could definitely see Dawlam. I could also see a couple of um names that you're probably not familiar with is Pete Hanscom, he's really impressed in the Shield, uh, and a South Australian fellow who I, I can't remember his name, but he averaged uh, he he had the best average for the for any Australian in the Community Shield, uh, and there's been a lot of talk around him. Thing is, he if his play style is too similar to Water, will it contrast? It's a case of will the Aaron Finch David Warner partnership that we saw in the World Cup in the in the one over one over day one day four be reflected in tests because having two really aggressive batsmen to open the innings is not a good way to go. You can see yourself down two for twenty and under a lot of under a lot of pressure very easily. So Rogers for me was our most important figure of this series and he's for me gonna be the most Hey everyone the hardest person to replace since Justin Langer.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that uh, should bring us quite na- neatly onto the uh, um, contrast with the England opening partnership because if you'd have told me that before the series... Partnership,
0: Dan, partnership. Yeah, we, 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 We'd have had an
1: opening batsman, who would play all five tests and he'd averaged 13 and we'd win the series, I would have said, get out of town! you're absolutely mad. You know, there's, there's no way you can carry... Somebody who at the top or, top of the order who play, who underperforms to that extent, and even Bell Bell averaged twenty seven in five tests. You know, it, so, and he was he was he was in your engine room, so it's incredible, really. Um, and I, I, and I think Lythe was was pretty shocked by the end of it because the shot he played in the first innings was not the shot of a Test match batsman. I'm afraid um, it's just somebody who is not up to the job.
3: I feel as though has almost fraudulently got himself an Ashes medal that he can show his grandchildren one day. But it's almost that you don't really want to say it because then his grandkids will be like, so, granddad, what did you average? How many 50s did you get? Or how many centuries did you score against the Aussies? And he would be like, they have to he put them he got back 100.
1: He, he did get 115 runs in the series. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> where where do England go with the partnership with this opening very much junior and senior partner in the partnership? Where do they go? Hales, uh, Hales or going to open, I reckon, in I,
1: I think I think Hales would be a mistake. I think. Do you think um, so? Maybe, but I just again, I just I just don't I don't see. I don't think he's a test player. I just think it's going to end like Morgan did. Um, he's, going have, he's going to have a. Gonna try and moderate his game. It's never really gonna work.
3: But how, how can um, you say that, Dan? When he hasn't been given the go, just because he's very successful in the shorter format, just doesn't mean he's going to be unsuccessful. Like Warner's successful in all formats. I just don't see
1: the basic technique. Um, I know you could say, okay, he's playing alongside Cook, so maybe it's. But I, I, I may, but then again, okay, which of the English batsmen, okay, in a similar position to Hales, have got better technique? I don't. I think there's an absence of technique generally, um, but. Could you get away with it? Is he the best of you know of what's out there? Maybe maybe he is. I don't know. He's certainly um, he's, 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 he's certainly better than Moen Ali. He has got absolutely no technique against the short ball. You know, as, as we saw again at Lords, he got hit absolutely. I don't think I've ever seen a, a batter get hit more squarely on the, the, the helmet than he did. Then he just did, didn't move, and it smacked him straight in the side of the head. Um, yeah, so it was it-, it was the perfect ball for Mitchell Johnson
4: to to kind of get fired up because Moen Ali doesn't really really doesn't know how to play. You think after 10 tests it'd be at least suited to the Mitchell Johnson short ball which is just fast and short and literally you could see just it. Duck, man. Just, just it duck.
3: Crazy. Just duck. I don't I never exactly. understand the, the need Bend to have to take him on. Just don't just don't do yeah. it.
1: Yeah. But live, I mean, yeah, anyway, so there's, there's no way live can continue. Um you can't continue for the UAE and you certainly can't continue for South Africa. Um um, Hales
4: might be your project, though. I mean, speaking, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what the general consensus is with him. But Warner was very, uh, was very much a risk, but one they persisted with. If Hales can can kind of, and there has been a trend lately of, of the more aggressive players kind of shaping into test players. If you do have, if you if Cook stays at the top of the order with the sort of consistency he showed in the or relative consistency he showed this series. Then there is the the room for Hales to become that project. I reckon.
3: Yeah, I, I'm quite, I'm quite with. I don't mind Hales. I think Hales is still a a step forward because you're trying something. I think putting Mo and Ali at the top of the order just because it's in the UAE, I think, is a step back because that's very really short term mentality. Because he's not, he's definitely not going to open against South Africa, and you'll be in exactly the same position again, having was, not blooded somebody.
1: So, so yeah, um, uh, yeah. So yeah, the thing is that the UAE is almost a unique horses for courses tour.
0: and That's true. I think they um, can bring Rashid in as well then.
1: So you've got to be, yeah, but we didn't play him at the Oval, maybe when we sh- in a dead rubber. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with that.
3: Yeah, uh, but are England but are England desperately just putting Mo and Ali at the top of the order to, to keep him in the team? Because they're desperate to keep Ali in the team, aren't they? they like his runs at number eight.
0: Yeah, and I think he'd come back into the team, for back into the number eight for South Africa, unless he does really well in, in Pakistan. But it's... It's hard to know. I don't see him as an opening batsman because of his weakness at the shot against the short ball.
5: Mm-hmm. Um
0: but I don't think the pitches in Pakistan in uh, the UAE are gonna be anywhere near like the gab, are they? So...
1: No, not at all. Slow turners. Um mm. but yeah, and uh, and I think another one as well is Besto. I mean, again, I I just think that there's too many too many shot makers from from Bel Belkin moderates, Belkin at least graft, and he's proven that time and again. Um but from all the way from four to seven or four to eight, you've got shot makers, and we need we need some ballast in the middle order. And I th- I think I, th- I think I, th- I think balance will come back in, um, even though he has not been a at a great end of season for Yorkshire because he can at least fight. Um, because the, the the you know one, once what, he, the, the, Alex said it perfectly before. Once once that collapse starts, there's no one in the side apart from Cook who can arrest it. And I, I think we need some. We need we definitely need a Cook type player at five. Or six. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I'm happy with Stokes. I'm happy with Stokes, and I'm happy with Butler. They'll come good, and I, I'm happy with their stroke play at six and seven. It's fine, but we need more uh, solidity at five. And can you afford to persist with Bell? That's the the other question that kind of came out of the series. Well, I mean, we're, if we're struggling to think of any uh, anybody to come in open, you know, and the last thing you yeah, want to be it's... doing is scratching around for another. You okay. know, at least, at least he could. <sighs> could he could he get a, a few more years averaging forty maybe but I is, know, it,
3: is there a, is there a thinking that Bell may uh, hang up the boots
1: well I heard an interview with him and he sounded particularly non-committal about it all is you know he sounded like he might be ready to do that to be honest
3: very very much the, the phrase was I'll, I'll take stock I'll take stock he kept coming but I hope, out.
0: It, I, hope <laughs> he, I hope he does it on his terms rather than get him dropped I think it. I think
3: yeah. they'll give him that respect to be honest mm-hmm. with cook still his captain I think they, they would do that but what's your feeling, Rose? Do you think Bell will will give it, will keep it going for a bit? Ah, yeah, he's gone another five years, so I hope he can. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> uh,
0: I, I, you know, you've asked. We you must have talked about Ian Bell in every single podcast. I think so, yeah. I know, I mean, <laughs> everyone, everyone knows my views on on Bell, so
1: um, it's up to him. At least, at yeah. least in this match, he got his head down and he grafted, and he got two good balls to be on. To be fair, you know, he can't really do much about that. But he did try to show some application in this match.
3: Well, let's let's come on to the uh, the other bit of the whole thing. Uh, what do you guys make of the player of the series, uh, Rogers for the Australians and Root for the English? Any objections?
4: None from me because I think he held together our innings incredibly well, and he was that like Warner batted well, but he was the one that kickstarted every single terrific innings we had. So, and I'm delighted to see him go off on a high note like that, even if the side couldn't get up for him.
3: Kenneth, how about yourself? I certainly
1: got no objections with Rogers. Um, um, I think because he was far, you know, Smith scored more runs, but Rogers was far more consistent across the and across the different conditions. Um, Root, yes, you can see his obvious choice, but um, I might have been tempted to give it to Broad. You know, he's twenty-one wickets at twenty-one. It's pretty, pretty good. My sentiments exactly. I, I was, I was going kind of for, so for me Broad, Broad all day long. He he was the most consistent player throughout the series. I th- yeah, I, th- I think with I think with Root, uh, he, he scored two big. He, he scored two match-winning centuries, didn't he? So you, you know, and, and Broad won one match. So maybe you can say that Broad won that two, You know,
4: I think Broad was a vital part of all three wins. Mm. I think the decision may have swung in the fa- in the fact that Root kind of consolidated every innings where you were side. There was the fear that another collapse would happen. Root w- would come in, and a couple of his big knocks came when they really were needed. And again, the match-winning, the whole match-winning idea. I mean, yeah, Roji said there that Broad was part of the the three match-winning moments, but that may have swung it for the selectors of the player in the tournament is the, the, the importance and the influence that
3: Root had on every uh, English batting innings. Um, who makes the decisions with, about the player of the series? Is it still the Thanks. opposition?
1: Yeah, it'll it it be Bayless and Lehman would have made the choices.
3: Uh, for, for obviously the, op, for the opposition?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. man of the series is always done by the opposition coach.
3: Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Um,
1: he's never going to give it to Broad. <laughs> yeah.
4: No, that's what I was about to say. The likelihood of any Australian giving credit to Stuart Broad is, I'm afraid you're marking up the wrong tree there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear I just me. thought I mean, Broad was that now. <laughs> I thought That's Broad was not,
0: not only consistently the best across um, the series, always performing well, but he had the performance of the series as well. I think the eight for fifteen is the performance of the series.
3: Okay, so it's a, it's the the composite Ashes team then. So just to get the controversy started, I'll I'll hastily list my eleven players, and then you guys can it maul, maul, maul me together. Uh, so here he goes are you
1: going to do all 11 or are we just going to do the batters
3: first for... I was going to do my 11 then get you guys to pitch uh, in yeah, and or should we just sections, go through it
0: the human sections the five,
3: Unless... the five
1: batters then the all-rounder
0: then the keeper then the three seamers then the spinner
3: ok well uh, ok so my five batters were Cook, Rogers Smith, Root and Ali
1: well I agree with Cook and Rogers
3: yeah Cook and Rogers openers then anybody disagree with that in, nope. for your Ashes 11 nope. no no Okay, number three, Smith.
1: Yeah. Well, I agree yeah, with Ru- I, agree I agree with Root and Root and Smith. So
4: Definitely number
3: five is the contentious point, isn't it? Number five. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I <laughs> well,
4: think. it's hardly going to be an Australian. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Well, it's going to be Warner, isn't
1: it? You can't put Warner at five though. Four hundred and eighteen runs
4: at forty-six. So I was going to say, are we picking five batsmen
3: or a middle-order batsman specifically? <laughs> See, I, I thought you can't pick Warner because Warner's is one of the openers. Agreed. That's why I, I I typed Warner into that. So the only reason I've gone for deleted
0: it because I thought it's not buying five.
1: Well, <laughs> I'd rather play. I'd rather play. You know, obviously Cook and um, Rogers are would be a very good attritional opening pair, definitely for test conditions. And why couldn't you have Warner at three, um, Smith for route five?
3: Idea, That's a yeah. fair point.
4: Yeah, I think <laughs> Warner might. Yeah. I mean, isn't it? be an impact player
1: for a middle order so yeah that, that works
3: I, I didn't know that was the rule I thought the, I thought the, my, my rule book was different if, if that's well, you put, you put Moe I, in the top five I'd, that's only because <laughs> number five no, but that, that's because he's a spinner category he's not a spinner and, and the UAE will, will show us all that he's not a spinner um, no, yeah he's gonna I, be a bit hard my, my, my rule book said that okay you pick number one and two and then you have the choice of the openers on both sides and when you've exhausted that that's them done. But otherwise, I agree with Dan. If that was the case, I'd put I'd put Roger. I'd put um, I'd I'd draft Warner in. And, it's um, our team. We're ripping, well, it's, it's up, our ripping up your yeah, rulebook,
0: book yeah.
3: am I agree with that. Well, Ali, that. Ali can Ali can get, can go. Ali can carry the drinks. Warner's in. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ali
1: might come in. It's a six to eleven
3: somewhere. He, he, he may well do. He may well do.
4: <laughs> it is a, a fair point though that I want to make that there seems to be an equal, a fairly equal amount of. English and Australian batsmen there. I mean Cook and Root were the two standouts and they were above, but then still got the three Aussies there. Whereas I think we're gonna see a very different story for the bowling selection, to be perfectly honest with you, because I'm actually struggling to think of an Australian bowler I'd put in my five. Um, I've got Siddle, which goes to show you how well our bowling <laughs> can't. I am sticking with you on a hypothetical basis that he would have done well had he been <laughs> I'm putting my face. Would have done well had he been played. Um because I just can't I can't put Stuart Broad. in there. He ruined
0: it. I I'm, I'm putting a if you can have a hypothetical Siddhall I'm having a hypothetical um uh Swan, Graham Swan's going in my team as well.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, alright. Okay. Put Wardy
3: so, in there. Just are, right. are we all agree that, so my, my, my all-rounder at six is Stokes?
4: Yep. everyone yeah. right I think there is a, 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 there will be people saying, hey, Mitch Marsh played well in the series, but he didn't play well with the bat when he needed to. That was my biggest thing. So if, if he'd come through in the clutch with the bat, then I'd say, yeah. yeah, okay, Mitch Marsh has a stake, but I think Stokes performed well
1: overall. <laughs> I, I was thinking of Mitch Marsh actually for the bowling unit to be honest because I, I think I was really impressed with his bowling but yeah, his that's batting, a point, uh, uh, he, there's no way he's a Test Match 6 no way God knows I mean he, his technique Adam, is, Adam is, is, average more than him in this series. yeah his technique is woeful I haven't seen such a big gate between his bat and pad you know it's it's horrific is so it,
4: he's it, a, it, I think one day batsman who comes in at
1: 6 and just goes for a sweep yeah he's not a Test Match 6 no way but um, but Stokes did some of the Stokes, Stokes he played in this series. Goodness me.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, wow. Um, but Stokes, I think Stokes um, with the baton is in the all-rounder slot for me.
3: That then brings us to number seven, which is the the wicket. We'll, we'll say that's the wiki keeper. And um, Alex, you're not allowed to say Brad Haddon if he was in the form of when he came last oh, time. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for Neville. Yeah, we do. Um, I think he played
4: incredibly well for someone who came in, uh, at the, basically came in at the behest that hadn't, you'd either perform well or hadn't back in because there's, we're dropping you after a game. We're not giving you a chance if you don't perform. And I think he did, to be fair, I think he did perform very well. And Butler didn't make it, didn't make it an incredibly hard decision because I think they were fairly equal in terms of performances and they both made some terrific catches.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. You can't. They're both similar averages. Neville slightly better. Um, and both of them kept really well. Uh, but none of them
1: scored the volume of runs you need from your keeper. So, tough one. I, I'd probably go Butler. Cause I'm biased. <laughs> I, 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 don't think either, I don't think any of the keepers made any bad mistakes. Um, I was quite impressed with Neville, I have to say. He's very neat and tidy. He looks like a good Good, good test prospect. Um, Butler, I think, is is extremely athletic. His bat, his batting is too good in um, in, in in the one day form to to, to this is just anything other than a short term blip. I think because he's just got to figure out. I think he's a bit mental with him now because he's trying to play like a test match player. But as I said, if if we had players who, would, who were better balanced higher up the order, then Butler could just come and play his natural game without any fear. Of, 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 of reprisal but I think for this team I, I, I'd give it to um Neville just because he has shown a bit more application with the bat
3: just just because of this series that's all I mean overall I think Butler's a fantastic player and as, as soon as he realizes that just just play the way you want to play there is no rule book out there saying that you've got to do it this way or that way just play and he'd be just fine uh exactly what you're saying Kenneth but yeah okay so um We'll I was looking them. to find,
1: find who'd, who'd conceded the most buys, and I couldn't actually find that.
3: For a second there, Kenny, I thought you were going to say that give the uh, gloves to base
1: eh? <laughs> Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't really find out which which keeper conceded the most buys or the fewest buys. That would that would go be a good the way next, to separate
3: through. them, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shall we go to the next one? So uh, uh, number, uh, where are we, number eight? Broad. I've gone for Broad as well. Yeah. Alex? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay,
4: i <laughs> Stuart Braun, all right. That medium pace. That medium, <laughs> medium pace. From this side of the pond, to be able to just to just look at our bowling attack and a bowling attack that carved you open five 0 and go. No, none of them are better than Stuart Braun. It's just painful. And again, it's, the <laughs> it's just a testament to the bowling attack that I've ne- I haven't seen maybe India, but. A bowling attack in world cricket, so specifically suited to home and so completely out of depth anywhere but home. I'm just thinking about what this bowling attack would, would do on the subcontinent or if they went to South Africa and, and had Hashim Amla and A.B. De Villiers smack into them. it would just be disastrous. There, there needs to be some real coaching going on there Excellent. with the bowling Excellent. attack. There needs to be Excellent control. point, yeah. Excellent point. But yeah, okay, Stuart Broad, in all seriousness, he was tremendous this, this series. I mean, even watching him carve us up the eight eighth, he was absolutely spot on with some of his balls to get us out. I mean, some of them were poor, poor shots, but then there were the type of balls that usually come three times in two, inside two spells that you just, you put your hands up and go, nah, we can't do that. And to have them on such a consistent basis, it was, it it's was just incredible.
1: I think Alex, you just have to recognize that like you said your bowlers at home Stuart Broad is a very very good bowler in England you know 207 yeah. wickets at, at 26 it's a it's a fantastic record so he just he, he just knows how to bowl in in, in England specifically at Trent Bridge so <laughs> yeah. yeah unfortunately for yeah. us
3: a lot of these a lot of these seam bowlers which are very impressive in English conditions would find it very difficult in in, in India as do most seam bowlers well, last time, yeah. we went, last, time,
1: last time England went to India abroad was, was was a complete non non factor in the series. He was, was wonderful.
3: Military medium, wasn't he? bit really,
1: he was. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. bowling like seventy seven, seventy eight. It was it was
3: incredible. The, be, the best thing is just to go off topic a bit. When India versus Sri Lanka now, uh, the the openers are both spinners. Ashwin and Mishra <laughs> opened the open the innings. It was brilliant to watch. <laughs> <laughs> <All fair. laughs> so there was just yeah. like you can just imagine the fast bowlers just thinking, "I'm, I'm a fine leg all day." Yeah, basically, it's going to be. There's a lot of there's a lot of yards for the spinners to track. That's it. Uh, so, let's go on to let's go on to number nine.
1: I, t- I tell you who, which bowler is not in this team, and that's Mitchell Johnson. Fifteen wickets at thirty five. That's not that's not getting in the team of the series. Yeah,
4: nah, he was awful. I, 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 I was
0: going on that hypothetical Johnson down in my WhatsApp message. <laughs> 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 yeah,
4: all right, all right. I've made that exceed you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Who's number nine? Who's number nine for you, Kenneth?
1: Let's uh, put you down first. See, Wood didn't take enough wickets. I I really like Wood. I think he's going to be a tremendous Test match player. Um, He just didn't take enough wickets to be included. Uh, Anderson had one good game and two poor ones. I'm I'm tempted with Siddle, you know. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) I've got Stark. I've got Stark now.
0: He's scored more runs than Michael Clark. I was going to
3: say, important runs. And uh, took 18 wickets. And always
1: can take wickets. Strike rate of 47 as well. He did take two fifers. He's the only Aussie bowler to get a five for, he oh, got yeah. two. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, it's at just
4: nine. his his inconsistency worries me. But I think in terms of the bowling selection we've got, I was tempted to put Anderson based on his influence in just one specific test. But I think in terms of over the whole series, Stark's probably been
3: well. This more still, important. There still is another seamer spot, Alex. So you kind yeah, of that's not, no,
1: <laughs> no, that's, no, that's Siddle. That's Siddle then. <laughs> yeah. If you think, exactly, if we can't pick Anderson on one game, I can't pick Siddle on one game. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah, okay, that's uh, yeah, that's a fair point. Marsh was a good shout from Dan. Uh, Dan kept it before. I think bowling, I'm actually struggling to think if Stark performed better with the ball, than because Stark took a lot of late wickets, uh, and he, his speciality is cleaning up the tail, whereas Marsh, I think he, Marsh got cookout, was it, twice? Yeah. <clears> Marsh's throat>
1: straight throat> rate for the series was 33. Yeah, and, and that's, that's astonishing. It is. It's I'm oh, Sorry, that's an Aussie term. That's it's, it's <laughs> very much. Yeah,
4: that, that's a colloquial, isn't it? Uh, it's very much like the kind of bowling we
1: needed in terms of important wickets. So I am tempted to put Marsh in there, actually. And I think the other the other one, if you if you've got Marsh as a candidate, then the other candidate is Finn because um, he's twelve yeah. wickets at twelve wickets at twenty two, and an economy rate of three point four, which isn't too bad. I'm
0: not having an Ashes team without Jimmy Anderson
1: in it. He got his field in as well. I, I, I put Jimmy Anderson in his, yeah. his night watchman skills. The problem is, he, he was—he didn't take any wickets in Cardiff. He was woeful at Lords, and he had a brilliant game at Birmingham. But he would have had a brilliant game at Trent Bridge as well, sir. They would, because that's his ba- favourite ground. <laughs> yeah, he
3: yeah, yeah, would have are, had a brilliant game at Trent Bridge, though. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I've got Anderson written down as my number 11, but it is just because it's Anderson. I reckon it's just because I'm in England and, and it just feels wrong not to have Anderson in there. But you're quite right that Stephen Finn would be the the, the obvious choice. No, Marsh would be the obvious choice if you're not going for Anderson. Well, no, well Finn, Finn and Marsh are
1: very similar stats, yeah. to be honest, for the series. But Marsh, well, but Marsh is supposed
0: to be a batsman as well, so if he's coming in and can just
1: attack at 9 or 10, could be quite useful. Well, well especially I'll be honest with you, if we're not picking Ali, then Marsh makes more more choices as a, an eight. Yeah,
4: I definitely go along with that. As the impact player, especially, well, yeah. In, in although,
1: are we picking Moenali? I am. Well,
3: I'm not. <laughs> I'm picking. I'm am picking Lion as my spinner.
4: Yeah, Lion actually performed better than I thought he would, so that's why I'm giving him credit.
3: If you're on a
0: spinner, if you're picking a spinner, it has to be Lion. Yeah,
3: yeah if we're picking a spinner for for because. Uh, he can spin it, <laughs> and he got. Yeah. It. <laughs> but it was a Wait. great, it was a great delivery that got a cool Do you know?
1: Do you know and what I want ability. my? Do you know what I want my spinner to do primarily?
3: Hold up hold an end.
1: Block an end. Just keep mm. keep it keep 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 the run rate down. But we've while been, the, while we've the, been, the, been blessed.
0: We've been blessed then for twenty five years because this was by far the worst series for spin bowling, the worst Ashley yeah, series I've ever agree, seen. Then. It just it makes you realise how good that swan was.
4: You know, I was with, about we to say you the likes of, even the likes of like Swanny, when he was still in his dip of form, he was still Swanny. He still came up with the goods when he needed yeah. to. And it's just thinking about Nathan Lyon and Mo and Ali going to head to head for the spinning position in the best of in the best of best team Sw- of the series. Swanny
1: would be dire. Yes, yeah, so Swanny would bowl you forty overs and get two for a hundred. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But I'd look at it like, right? oh, Moeen Alley's uh, economy rate for the series was 4.4. 4. <laughs> and um, Lions, Lions was 3.3. 3. So, yeah, um, Can't
0: I have Steve Smith as my spinner? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's, he's got he's <laughs> yeah. got a better strike rate, but <laughs> he only bowled three or bowled he? Four overs. he
1: I, I, I think if I'm picking, I think you know runs at eight. I like I like Ali's runs at eight. You know, but if we're if we're picking Mitch Marsh in the team, um, then um, but if we're picking Finn in the team, then maybe you would need Ali, but you won't you wouldn't want to go in with Moe in Ali. I mean, Lyon's a decent bowler. I mean, he he's pretty average by Test match standards, but um, um, but he's definitely the best in this series. It's pretty, it's pretty average by Pakistan standards. Yeah. Although that ball he got out cooked with in the second innings was a ripper, yeah, yeah, that was it, was, yeah, it was. That was a really beautiful. He'll be ball.
3: he'll be showing replays of that to his grandkids as well because he, he ain't building that too many The, only, times the again. only
4: replay will be shown of that series. Like, like, <laughs> Lynch, oh, yeah,
3: Voges will only be showing the replay of that catch that he took. Yep. Yes, <laughs> spot on. He didn't even <laughs> know much about that catch. He's just like, this
4: is how the ball fell into my head that day. It's sounds
1: so if we if we if we all go lion at eleven, so we've got we've got Stokes at six, Neville at seven, Broad Marsh Marsh. Marsh. We go in Marsh. Yep. And so is, then it's choices, Finn or Stark, is it? Yeah, and I'd go for Finn personally because he came I on. And I'd, had
0: go, the I'd have Stark.
3: Him. Sorry, I'd have Stark,
0: and then Anderson. But
3: I think <laughs> That's I'm a no uh, yeah. uh, I've been talked so out no. of having Anderson. I I had I actually to be fair, I had, I had Johnson and Anderson, but I've been talked out of both of those. <laughs> because I've been going right, on a right, reputation right. as opposed to actually what happened. So, sorry, <laughs> okay, okay. <So, I> <laughs> Mick Marsh and Finn, I'd say.
1: So, Rosie, yeah. you're going, you're going um, for, for Quicks and and, and Stokesy? Uh, I'd go, no, I'd play
0: a Lion if we talk, if you've got to pick a spinner. Okay. Definitely. I've only got Broad
1: in my team because I'd probably play Marsh. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it is. It's actually so, really difficult. So, we, we, we so we, we all agree on Lyon and we all agree on Broad. And we all agree on yeah. Stokes. Yeah.
3: So there's two bowling we, spots
1: left. We kind of
4: agree on Marsh if we're playing Lyon.
3: I'm going Marsh and Finn.
4: Yeah.
1: Same. Yeah, I agree with that. Marsh and Finn. Because
3: then, okay. then theoretically Marsh would give you a bit of batting prowess. Uh, if you don't want to pick Finn and you want to pick Stark, that that
0: compensates We've got to the pick batting pick Stark times. for the left arm because it's all, all righty same. there. <sighs>
3: Oh, <laughs> never thought of that. Who would drop in? Marsh can get.
1: Who drop? We drop. No, that's a really good point, Dan. Because we yeah, that's it. a very
4: fair point.
3: It's
1: this right was the reason. Was
3: this was the reason in my my first thing that that's the reason I put Ali in uh, number five because I think that's another spin option in case we get a pitch that spins, spun a bit, you know.
1: So we need. Um, we'd have six bowlers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we just need six runs. Yeah, I, I actually don't consider Ali as, as a bowler. Pierce, so Pierce. okay, five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the, the thing I just wanted to make one quick point about Ali, and you know, and I'm a fan of Ali, He's British Asian like myself, from Birmingham like myself, yeah. So I'm very sympathetic to his cause, but I think his his runs at number eight uh, are only rated because England are so dodgy in the mid order in the first place. If yes. they had, if they had a 2011 where England were dominating Test cricket. You wouldn't need runs at eight. You You'd need somebody no. to come in at eight and and just put the bowling to the sword. Absolutely.
1: You need a wicket. You need a spinner who, who could win a match in the fourth innings and take two for a hundred or forty overs in the first innings.
3: Ali's selection is a defensive yeah. selection because yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's because the batting order is a bit weak at the minute. Yeah, that that's all that was. But uh, watch watch Ali get a five for after five for out the UAE after I've said that so, he's not going to so, do anything. <laughs> so so Finn Finn, Finn is a wicket taker.
1: He, he bowls wicket taking deliveries just like yeah. Stark. Yes. But I agree that the balance of the attack, the Stark with the left arm, would be better.
4: And Stark gives you something else with the bat too. You've got a bottom order there of Stark, Marsh, and Broad, all three who who
1: are quite quite good with the bat when they need to be. So that's the waterfall.
4: They can grind yes, so,
3: the draw out for us, can't they? It's so
1: you've weird. got yeah. we've we got Stark, we've got Stark and Broad open in the bowling with um, Stokes and um, Marsh first change. Marsh first change, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, St- so the way Stokes, he was swinging the ball, he, he swung it more than anybody yeah. on either side. It was astonishing. Oh yeah, sorry, absolutely, absolutely, I agree.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and then you got then you got Stokes, Neville, um, Marsh will probably be eight, Stark nine, Broad at ten. <laughs> Wow. Yeah,
4: that's that's the extent we're, of the, the, the
1: seventh. Yeah, so that's a strong that goes deep that line. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So we agreed. Yeah, you will have to tweet this yeah. one out from the account. Dan, uh, we'll Rosie, do. We'll do. or Amit is it? Yeah, but, well,
3: yeah, we both have access yeah, but yeah, we should do. So um, just to confirm, lads, just I'll take it upon myself. And so it's Cook, Rogers, Smith, Root. You do we have at five again? Uh, Warner, so Warner at three, uh, sorry, at three. Uh, Warner at three. We're putting Wa- uh, Smith down at uh, Smith down at five. Smith down at five. Or Root, yeah, Root at four. Smith at five. I'd do that, yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. Warner comes in at three. After, because I mean, someone's got up the run rate after Cook and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> well, the new ball, the new ball is is is, 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 is 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 history. So he comes in, and you know, there's no shine, there's no hardness. So perfect.
3: I mean, if, if Cook and no, Rogers, sh- if Cook and Rogers can't get the shine off the ball, no one can.
1: <laughs> Ideal.
3: Or the the other the other tactic I've always want, I've, I'd I'd love to have a, a, a you know be the Kerry Packer of the day and say say Wagon Warner like say Wagon is pumping Warner come and open the innings just to get the shine off in ten overs. <laughs> that
4: would be the shine off would be shine off in seven.
3: The only problem is
4: after ten overs you'd probably be four down with uh, uh, a bit of a regretful tone about you. But that would be that'd be interesting to see. I tell you what.
3: Uh, Stokes, he comes in at six, uh, Neville seven, and then we said Marsh eight.
4: Marsh.
0: Marsh eight, yeah. Stark, yep. broad, lion. Perfect. Perfect. Let's, now we... just, 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 uh... qu- just quickly, quick two minutes. Let's talk about India Sri Lanka. <laughs>
2: Second test. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was, um... that was some defeat, defeat from the jaws of victory, that
3: one. I couldn't believe it. I actually tweeted that um, it's an innings victory coming up because Sri Lanka were on the knees in the first test. Um, I think that, I think India needed four wickets, and they were 96 runs to get to make India bat again. That's how bad it was. And then you go to sleep and you switch it on. Now I know <laughs> how the Aussies feel when um, when that, that Calcutta test match when VVS and Dravid just decided to... Just keep batting all day. And next thing you know, oh, Chan- uh, the, the beauty—the beauty was that Chandimal was out because they don't have DRS; it doesn't count. <laughs> 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 it's just—it's a poetic justice. And he scores one hundred and seventy-six or sixty-seven or something, and and it's, then, oh, it's a conspiracy
1: to force India to to use DRS. By does, the rest of it the world.
3: does the opposite; yeah. it digs their heels in even more. I don't know oh. <laughs> that India will never use DRS just because, so, um. They, we were, I was having this big conversation with Samir uh, about the DRS and the, uh, maybe yourself as Old Roads on the Crick Index. I think the whole thing is basically that because they didn't invent it, they're too stubborn to accept it. And because they haven't accepted it now, for whatever reason, even though logic says accept it and play with it, and then from DRS we can develop a better system as system technology develops and all the rest of it. They won't do it on stubbornness. And because they dictate what happens in in world cricket and all the other boards happen to just fall in line anyway, no one ever ever says anything to them. I think if the ECB and the Australian cricket board decided to say, look, we're not going to play. We're not going to play unless you do this and call their bluff. I think people need to call their bluff and then let's see what happens because they go around calling everybody else's bluff. We're not coming to play against you guys unless you do this or do that. Or, you know, they dictate to all the other boards. And the other boards are normally poorer boards if you like, they they have to rely on the Indian income. So they go along with it. Well, <laughs> there's a there's a podcast in itself. It is. I, I, mean, how for, uh, well, I think uh, we should
0: all try if you can do it or at least watch some of the clips from there's the Death of a Death of a Gentleman um, um documentary by Jared Kimber and Sam Collins where they talk about the three the three main boards, the Indian, the Australian and the English board and how they're all in it for themselves. And the the game of Test cricket is down because there's lots of teams wanting to develop, but not, none of them are being allowed. And obviously, the 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 money with 2020, but that's another podcast. But yeah,
3: that's a fantastic that point, though, Rosie, Because uh, have you seen have you seen the film? I haven't. But I don't know what I, need to. I, I haven't seen to... the film. I haven't seen the film either. But uh, I take it, uh, Alex, you're familiar with this as well. Death of a Gentleman. Yeah.
4: Um, um, I've seen. I've, I've actually seen the ad for it on. Well said, but yeah, on television, it did look very interesting. It it kind of looked at it from the objective view of, well, these are three boards and there's very little evidence to say that they have ever acted in any account other than their own, and that's probably probably bad for Test cricket. I
3: I, I mean, yeah, I'd I'd be completely up for, because we've got a bit of a break now until England play the UAE. I think it's in October, isn't it? Uh, I'd be very much up for discussing things like – Death of a Gentleman topic about the way world cricket is is run or run poorly, uh, the the DRS whole saga about technology and cricket in general. Uh, mm, and, also, and has it worked? Has it worked? Has it not worked? Because, uh, you know, and, and how we've come from those days of uh, you need 22 runs off one ball kind of thing, you know, how all that came into play. Uh, and also match-fixing, Dan Rhodes was the other yeah, one yeah. that we were, were thinking of and uh, a fantastic book. It's by Hawkins, isn't it?
0: Ed, uh, Ed Hawkins. Ed Hawkins. Yeah. No, not yet. I'm going to have to check that one out. Seriously, Dan, is unbelievable. Bucky, send it, it's send called, it to him. Um, it's um, called um, Bucky Gambler Fixer Spy.
3: Gentlemen, that brings us to a close. The most helter-skelter but exciting test series comes to an end, and uh, we look forward to reviewing and podcasting about England in the UAE. Thank you again.